Hi, and welcome back to Politodoxy. I'm your host, Aaron Friedman. We are still not done with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and we are going to discuss the subject, but we're going to discuss it from a American first point of view. And I would like to touch on the subject of these third world beasts that we have imported to the United States and in the West in general that don't belong here, but we need the third world to enrich us because white people don't have any culture, right? This is exactly what the anti-white racists love to repeat over and over again. So we have this amazing problem. It's a great problem to have, right? That we have third worlders walking around, scurrying around, shouting, gas the Jews in Australia. And now we had this week on Saturday, we had a warning for Jews in Manhattan to not walk around at, I don't remember what time during the day, because there was going to be a pro-Palestinian protest. So Jews are not allowed to walk around because, you know, it might trigger somebody. Isn't it amazing? It's absolutely amazing that you can tell American citizens, Jews, who have done all the paperwork, they've done all the things to be American citizens, assimilated to the culture, to be part of the American fabric. Then we have foreigners waving their own flags. They have more rights than American Jews. Isn't that amazing? That's absolutely amazing. Which brings me to my point that deportation, mass deportation is the only answer and make it retroactive because we've given a lot of these people amnesty. Repeal those amnesties. Repeal it completely. Utterly and completely. Repeal all the amnesty that we've given to them. And by the way, from Republican presidents as well. Amazing. Ronald Reagan. I just love the guys who say that. We are Ronald Reagan conservatives. Excuse me, it's not the 1980s anymore. Ronald Reagan couldn't win in California, his home state. He could not win in, I don't know, maybe even in the most conservative states he won't be able to win, of how backdated and outdated his foreign policy is. Anyway, maybe in Georgia, maybe. But stop with the, oh, Ronald Reagan. He's not the end-all and be-all. This is why conservatives are, are losing, because they are stuck in the past. Oh, Ronald Reagan. Just just stop it. Just please stop it. It's not the 1980s anymore. But we have had these amnesties, which Reagan signed, goaded by Democrats. No more amnesty ever again. No such thing. And we need to make it retroactive. The mass deportations is the only answer. Stop importing the third world and this idea of the free... What about their free speech? They should be able to protest. Okay, you're right. There is such a thing as free speech. And I also made an episode, if anybody is interested, you go back to that episode on freedom of speech and the lies that that is said about freedom of speech. It's not actually what you think it is. It's uh, mostly a cope. So if you listen to that episode, of course, I'm not advocating to repealing the First Amendment. I'm making an argument for for making the standard, standard a little bit higher, just a little bit. But on the subject of freedom of speech and they have a right, yes, technically, do they have a right? Yes, if they are American citizens indeed. But my point on the freedom of speech argument is that it ends when violence is involved and why do you think that 
these people have a freedom of speech, but Jews in New York City don't have a right to freedom of movement. Jews in New York City should not be getting a warning telling them, okay, today could be dangerous for you. No, 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 that's not where it starts. You know where it starts? With the mass deportation of these people who are threatening American citizens who happen to be Jewish. That's when the conversation starts. Deportation is the only answer. That's the only way we have any semblance of normalcy. No other way we will have semblance of normalcy. Mass deportations and for those Jews, I love these guys, for those Jews who they stand with Palestine, I love these guys, you know why? Because they literally don't have anything that makes them Jewish. Literally nothing. What do they do? Name one Jewish custom. Did they observe the Shabbos? No, of course they don't. But they are very Jewish. You know why? Because, you know, they put on the talus. It's the Jewish prayer shawl. They put it on because they don't have any other thing that shows, yeah, these people are distinguishably Jewish. Nothing. They have absolutely nothing. But they stand for Palestine. If you stand for Palestine, you happen to be Jewish, LGBT, and so on and so forth, any kind of minority of such, then please stand in Palestine. Let me see you do, it's a very nice trick you are performing here, I understand, you're trying to get some clout, okay, now do it in Palestine, do it in Gaza, let's see. I'm just, I just really want to deport these people just to, for Gaza, to Gaza, for one day, that's all. Deport them there, if, if they survive, then okay, well, they survived, but I'm just, I just, for once, do that. Let's see. Let's see what happens. We all know what's going to happen. We all understand this. But they are like chickens for KFC and cows for McDonald's. That's exactly what they're doing. These guys. I just love these guys. They are amazing. I love the stupidity. I just love the stupidity. And when I say love, I hate it. But because I, I want to have normal people. I don't want to have to deal with these kinds of idiots. I want to, I want to make the standard for conversation a little bit higher. I want to... Want everybody to be a l just a little bit smarter. Can we have higher IQ people? Can we just have that? No, we can't. Everybody has to be dumbed down. Good work, public schools. Liberalism in action. Democracy in action as well, by the way. But this whole Israeli subject, um, should we help the Israelis? Should we, should we let them as be? It's not that complicated. It's very simple. For American first point of view, it's very simple. First, of course, deportation. I'm going to have to, I'm going to repeat it over and over again because that is truly the only answer to what needs to be done, specifically here in the West. That, that is actually the number one thing. But then on the subject, should we send the money? It's a very simple thing. I don't know why people, it's so hard for people to comprehend. It's so easy. No, we shouldn't be sending a penny to Israel, but Israel should obviously kill the terrorists. That's it. That's all there is to it. Now, if Israel wants to buy American weapons, well, that's mutual, beneficial to both parties. So, yeah, sure, why not? We're making money. We are enriching our economy. Why not? They want to kill the terrorists. Go ahead. There is no problem with that. That is also America first, and it, does, it shouldn't take a genius to figure this out. We shouldn't be sending any weapons or any money to any country in the world. But I would say this on the subject of Israel versus Ukraine, sending money. How about this? Sending money to Israel is cringe-inducing, but it's somewhat less cringe than sending money to Ukraine. First of all, 
Israel's not as corrupt as Ukraine, much more. So, you know, at least you know that the money is going where you want it to go. So that there's that. Another thing is that we actually do benefit from a partnership with Israel because they have a very advanced technology, scientists and so on. And we benefit from that by proxy, by investing in that. And now I, I don't really want to call it investing because we should be investing in our own country, stop giving free money to other countries. But it, there, there is some benefit to it, just a little bit. I would rather have it here in the United States. But it's less cringe than Ukraine. For those who are saying, no, we're, it's almost the same. No, it's not actually the same thing. It's cringe. Both are cringe. But Ukraine is absolutely a complete joke. I stood against sending money to Ukraine from the start. Absolutely no penny should be given to any country. They want to buy American weapons. If they could be considered friendly to the United States, then why not? But we shouldn't be paying for anybody's military. And the same with NATO. We shouldn't be in NATO. NATO should pay for their own weapons. Why are we paying for all the, that these countries? Come? Wow, America doesn't have free health care. Why doesn't America have free health care? Look at our superior system. First of all, your system is crap. You let old people die. You have rationing of your health care system for the young people. Meanwhile, your older people are dying. Okay, so shut the hell up about, oh, so we have free health care. Yeah, when you get old, come back to me and tell me how that works out for you. Yeah, but... I just want to make it very clear that we are paying for their military so they can afford for their health care. Why are we doing this? Why? Why are we doing these kinds of things? America has become the world's bank account and we aren't getting any of the money back. We're just giving away money for nothing. Absolutely nothing. We're giving away, away money to the worst people and even if we're giving away money to the best people. I don't want to give away my money to other people who have nothing in common with the United States. It's bad enough that we're giving money to people within the United States who don't deserve it. That's bad enough, but at the very least, they're American. At the very least, it's our own poor that we're giving money, which I'm not opposed to giving our own poor money, but I just don't want it to happen through the government. If I want to donate charity, I'll do it by myself. I don't want to do it through the government. And for all the socialists listening, oh, how dare you do You don't want the government to... No, and neither do you. You, had, you know, you could when you're signing your tax returns, you're signing uh, how much taxes you are giving to the government. You can also add money that they're not requesting. I hope you understand this much. You can always add money on your own volition. You can add money to the government. Here, just take my money for free. You can do that. You can donate your money to the government, yet none of you socialists, none of you Democrats, who are not necessarily socialists, but think we should, no, we should be giving money. Where's your money? Why aren't you giving more money to the government? You think I should be giving? How about you give more money? If you want to give more money to the government, then give your money. Oh, right. You just want a virtue signal. That's basically what's going on here. Cool. Very cool. Back to Israel. Is It's a weird situation that we find ourselves in that we see the pro-Palestinians marching in the streets, threatening Jews, attacking Jews. We don't need this. We don't need these ethnic wars in the United States. Why are we importing ethnic wars? As long as Jews lived in the United States, there were no problems, especially with the Orthodox Jews. There were no problems. They went on their daily lives, bothered nobody, nobody bothered them, everything was cool, everything was fine. Now what we have is ethnic wars and attacking people for no good reason. Can somebody please explain this to me? Why are we importing the world's trash? And 
I remember distinctly when Trump said that they are rapists and murderers. Trump was correct when they when those liberals that I can't believe that Trump called them rapists and murderers. Trump was correct. And some, I assume, are good people. That's the correct attitude to have towards these cultures. They are rapists and murderers, and some, I assume, are good people. Wait, are you saying they're all rapists and murderers? You tell me, they are the ones cheering in the streets for rape and murder. Literally, they are literally cheering for that. You tell me. That's what they are. They would commit, if given the chance, they would commit the same kind of crimes here in the United States. There is no other way to go about this subject. When you are dancing for the pedophiles, which, by the way, a lot of them are, a lot of these so-called Palestinian fighters, guess what? These people are raping kids, Israeli kids, and their own, by the way. That's another thing to consider. When you are dancing in the streets in celebration of those people, marching for these people, that's exactly what you are endorsing. So, by proxy, you will do the same thing. And we don't need rapists and murderers in the United States. We don't need these people. We don't need them. No, we don't. These people need to be deported immediately. I made a joke on Instagram about, I think that the Israeli Air Force should bomb the American universities. I think that's the correct targets because we see how anti-Israel, which by the way, I just want to get off subject just on the subject of those conspiracy theories. Oh, the Jews, they control everything. Okay, so you see Hollywood, see how they control Hollywood. Interesting, Hollywood hates Israel. That's one thing. So if Jews control Hollywood, why would they... That's a very weird thing. Why would they make that Hollywood should hate Israel? It just doesn't compute. Yeah, there are a larger percentage of Jews in Hollywood. That That is correct. So freaking what? They have nothing in common with Judaism. Nothing. They are all secular socialists. So that just, on that front, just stupid. When's the last time they made a pro-Israel movie? So there is that. But... For the universities, oh, look at all the Jews, they're controlling universities. Okay, so why aren't they pumping out pro-Israel leftists? Why? Why aren't they doing that? They could still pump out the leftists. What? Why not make them pro-Israel? Now, of course, that is something to consider. But back to the subject, I made a joke that Israel should bomb the universities. Now, I'm sure there are certain people here who are listening and they're like, oh, whoa, you went too far. Wow, that is too far. Yeah, right. It's too far for me to say, as a joke, that Israel should bomb American universities, which are fundamentally anti-American. But it's not far for people to dance in the streets for rapists and murderers. That's not too far. That's not going too far. Well, that's also a problem. Okay, then let's fix that problem. Let's fix that problem. You see, I'm a very provocative person, and most people understand this by now. Not necessarily offensive, although a lot of people get offended because everybody has become a sissy. This is a sissified culture, so people get offended. But I'm not offensive per se. I'm provocative. I provoke thought. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to provoke thought. Some things that I say are objectively offensive, and they serve a higher purpose when I say those uh, certain things. But most of the time, I'm just being provocative to provoke thought, to expose a deeper meaning or a deeper thought. And uh, I wish more people were provocative to provoke thought. That's what uh, I think 
rhetoric is supposed to do. It's supposed to provoke thought within people. So I, that's exactly what I try to do. I try to provoke th uh, thoughts and make people think twice. And some might say, well, you have a lot of dangerous ideas. You see, my ideas are not dangerous because they are what they are, such as I have asked the question, maybe torture is good from time to time. Democracy is cringe, which is, which is objectively correct. Machiavellianism is not all that bad that people say it is. We should start to use the tactics within Machiavellianism. Back the Blue is absolutely stupid, just appealing to authority here. And capitalism is not all that it, that it is cracked up to be. Not a socialist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm a free market person, but I'm also not a capitalist. That is a Marxist term for all you boomers who don't know. It's a Marxist term. It's coined by him. When you, are, when you consider yourself a capitalist, you're considering yourself as what your enemies have defined you. You are letting yourself be defined by your enemy, and I'm not going to subscribe to that. So people might say, well, those are dangerous ideas. It's not, well, in a way it is. But that is not the reason why I'm dangerous. The reason why my rhetoric is dangerous is because I can articulate my ideas in such a way that it make people think twice about their sensibilities. It makes them think twice about their current state of the world. It makes them think twice about what they think about the world and how to think. It gives them a perspective, a unique perspective into life. That is why my ideas are dangerous. Not because of the idea itself, it's because of the way and the power of articulation to people. That is what makes my ideas dangerous. Because I am going against the system. That is exactly why my ideas are dangerous. So that is one of the most important things that I think needs to be done. Being provocative. Anyway, we got off subject here. Let's get back to the main point. That this, we need to be able to use these kinds of provocative sayings, words, and so on to expose the lies. Here's another one. Here's something. I think this could be probably the most offensive thing I've said so far in this entire Politodoxy series of episodes, is that I wish that whatever happened to the Israelis, the, uh, the victims in Israel, I wish that would happen to the sympathizers of the Hamas. Okay, so now let's dissect this. If you think what I just said is absolutely so despicable, so disgusting and terrible, okay, then why can you stomach what they are doing, dancing for those actions? Why can you stomach that? But when I say, okay, so you're dancing for it, I hope that whatever you are dancing for happens to you. I hope whatever you're celebrating happens to you. That wouldn't be a problem if a person is celebrating for the birth of a child. It wouldn't be evil to say, I hope you have your own child. I hope you have, you can give birth to your own child. You can uh, raise a family on your own. It wouldn't be considered evil. So, if you are celebrating evil, why is it evil for me to say whatever you are celebrating should happen upon you? Why? The problem doesn't start with me saying that evil things should happen to evil people. As I've already pointed out, that I am past the point of when I, that I want good things to happen to good people. Now I want bad things to happen to bad t people. 
And these are absolute animals. And they know. They know exactly what their dad's for. They know exactly what's up. Not all of them. Some of them don't even know what actually is going on. They're just going with the crowd. And they are weak-minded dumbasses. Those people need to be taught some real-life lessons. But the ones who are actually celebrating, and they are here in the United States, in Canada, and in Australia. Why in Australia? Why in Australia? How? How did so many Palestinians make their way to Australia? Why? The West should be utterly united. Yet we are divided because we brought in all these lesser people from lesser cultures. And no, they are not lesser people because of skin color. We always have to repeat this because there are people out there who want to take your words out of context. The context is because of the cultures. What have they cultivated? The ideas that they have manifested within them. That is what we're talking about. So, why? Why do we have these people here? Because we are very nice, because we are good-hearted, and we need to help them escape their own culture, their own consequence. This is the essence of being a liberal. Don't live with the consequences of your own actions. And we will discuss this in a coming episode about what are the core tenets of being a liberal. We will talk about that, but not now. Now we're on the subject of Israel. Barely, barely, as I said, we are talking about the Israel subject on a pro-America perspective. So we won't be discussing that much about Israel itself, only what needs to happen within the West. Specifically America, but we have such dominance and influence throughout the West, which we're not using. It seems like we're weak, we're just not using it. But we can, we can utilize it to effectively change policy within these other, other countries if we choose to which we're not. Here's another thing, actually, I just remembered, is that I saw some conservatives, and this is kind of boomer from them, because they said that if Trump were president, this wouldn't have happened. Now, they are technically correct, but it's such a boomer thing to say. If Trump were president, first of all, thank you, Captain Obvious, we all understand this, but... By saying that, you're actually completely missing the point of what needs to be done. Because why is it set up that way that whenever there is a Republican or at least an American first president in the White House, that's when everything is right. But when there's a Democrat, everything goes to crap. Why is it set up that way? Of course, because it's a Democrat. No, but why is it set up that way that it's so immediate and so terribly powerful. I mean, it didn't used to be like this. We used to be able to have Democrats and actually win wars. Just ask FDR, and he was terrible. But we were able to have normal foreign relationships without falling apart. Just ask Truman, which, by the way, he is kind of responsible for the Vietnam War, but that's a different subject. The Korean War started under Truman. That's another thing. For all the neocon business, oh, the the Republicans, they love war. Okay, then just look back in history. See, all the major wars that that happened throughout the world started under Democrats. Vietnam, Korea, World War One, World War Two, so on and so forth. So for those who like to say that Republicans love war, no, that's a lie. That's a complete and utter lie. The neocons, they love war. But being a neocon has nothing to do with actually being a conservative. They're called neocons because they are the new conservatives. Oh, they are the smart conservatives. They are the real ones, right? Right? Anyway, 
But why is it set up that way? It shouldn't be set up this way that whenever there's a Democrat, everything goes to crap immediately. It should, at the very least, it should take time. But no, everything went to crap almost immediately. So I just want to point out that this entire conversation is very dumb that, oh, no, if only Trump... No, no, this entire conversation is just dumb. I want to point out that the entire value system of the West, first of all, is going to crap, and we're, I'm not talking domestically. That is a separate subject, which is, by the way, true, that it's going in the trash bin. But on the foreign relations... It doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be that every time a Democrat moves into office is when everything goes to crap. It doesn't have to be like this. And what I am referring to is Russia. Because we have two superpowers vying for power with, within the Middle East. On one side there's Russia, on the other there's the United States. And they're all using proc proxies and proxy warring against each other. So this is a very simple solution that we become political allies with the Russians, which by now I don't even think that's, that, that's going to be that easy. But long story short is thank you neocons for messing everything up. It's their fault, more or less, for, oh, we need to be against Russia. These same neocons, they loved Russia when Russia had Stalin and so on and so forth. These Democrats, oh, they loved Russia when they were under communist dictatorship. But now that Russia is more so-called liberalized and more democratized and more civil rights-oriented than they have ever been in their entire history, oh, now, now it's the time to hate Russia. Now, right now. See, when they were communist, see, we have to have an understanding with the Russians. But now, now we must hate them. Makes sense, right? So we have totally misaligned ourselves. Now, I don't, I'm not calling for Putin to be instated into the United States presidency to be, or a Putin-like figure. I'm not calling for that. I don't want Putin to be in the United States as a, or somebody like Putin to be, to win the presidency. I don't, we don't need that. That's Russia culture. That is Russia's prerogative. They want a dictatorial regime. Let them have a dictatorial regime. They are fundamentally, in their psyche, they are more oriented towards dictatorships such as the Middle East and China and other countries that has nothing to do with skin color, but that is their, within their psyche. They have a, they have a, they can stomach that. They like that, as a matter of fact. The Russians like strong men at the helms of power, controlling and putting their country forward. Russia first, I guess you can say. But that doesn't mean we have to hate them. I mean, America has a long history of propping up dictatorships all over the world, overthrowing democracies. America has a long history of that. So what I'm saying here, if, it's if it offends you, then... You just haven't studied history at all. But we can still be strategic allies, especially since Russia and the United States work together to destroy ISIS in the Middle East. So we can still work together. If we can work on that, why not work with them on the Middle East? This entire war and all the problems of the Middle East stem from that. If Israel were allowed to kill the terrorists without any problems, Russia would be controlling Iran as they are right now. And also in Syria... Just both countries, leave the Middle East al alone. The Israelis, they're a big boy. They can take care of themselves. Let them bomb whatever they need to bomb. Let them take care of whatever they need to take care of. And of course, as long as they're not killing innocents. Oh yes, yeah, we, we need to point that out because, because 
yeah, we want the Israelis to kill innocent civilians, right? That is the other argument, right? That is our side of the argument. So, so dumb. That's what they actually, they actually believe that we believe that. That's what they believe. Anyway, we have the Russians working with them on diplomatic missions and so on and so forth. If we just do that, all the problems in the Middle East stop. It's so simple. It's just so simple. But yet, this is the situation we find ourselves in because we have misaligned our values. We have completely destroyed our integrity and we're just going to be funding all these forever wars, proxy wars, and so on and so forth. And people will die. Why? Because the neocons are in charge. These wars are manufactured, absolutely, utterly, and completely manufactured. None of these wars have to happen, but we have decided that this is how it's going to go because we have certain people in charge who make a lot of money off of these wars. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Thank you, Democrats. By the way, yes, thank you, Democrats, by the way. Yes, absolutely, because the vast majority of the neocons are on the Democrat side. Well, what do you mean? It's neoconservative. What are you talking about? Neoconservative. Calling themselves the new conservatives, which means that they weren't conservative up until this point. They are the new conservatives. Because they love war. No, conservatism is about, what is it about? It's about invading Middle Eastern countries and building democracy. Wait a minute, conservatives hate democracy. We hate democracy. We love republicanism. We love constitutional order. We don't love democracy. We hate it. We detest it. You guys are always talking about democracy. It's you guys who are calling for democracy in the Middle East. Who started the wars in the Middle East? Well, it was Bush, the most liberal Republican we have had in our history. Wow. that He was a complete and utter buffoon controlled by the elite. What are you talking about? Neoconservatives. We are, this is a new breed of conservatism. This is, has nothing to do with the neocons. The neocons are your types. Our type are the populists. We are populist conservatives. That's why under Trump there was no new wars. Please explain that. If it is the Republicans who want to start wars, then explain Donald Trump. Oh, you can't do that. You can't explain it. You're now dumbfounded. Dumb also, but dumbfounded. Explain Donald Trump. <laughs> you can't. What you can explain is that under Biden, new wars jump out of nowhere. Hmm, I wonder why. I wonder why new wars under Biden. Yes, yeah, so it's not direct wars. Proxy wars. Okay, fine. You want me to be technically correct? Proxy wars. There we go. It's over. Point is, it's over. You guys, liberals, it has always been liberals who love war. They call themselves, oh, we're pro-peace. No, you're not. Oh, we're pro-freedom of speech in the 1960s. No, you were not. You were just pro-Satanism. Because every society is going to have a standard on what kind of speech is permissible and what kind of speech is not. McCarthyism is, oh, it's just censorship. No, McCarthyism was not censorship. You're liars. All of you are liars. McCarthyism was about liberal treachery from the Cold War trying to... Cover up Soviet spies. Look it up. Democrats were covering up Soviet spies. McCarthy was on a crusade to expose them. And then they say, well, he was censoring. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't censoring you. No. That's a complete and utter lie. You don't know the first thing about McCarthyism. What was the senator's name? McCarthy. 
What was his first name? Most of them don't even know. They just know the word McCarthyism. You see, you teach these people certain words, and they are on now we on repeat. McCarthyism, 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 fascist, racist, racist. That's all they can repeat over and over again. They don't actually have a vocabulary. They just have certain words they know to use multiple times and shout. They don't know how to formulate arguments. Ah. But this is, this is the current situation we are in. You see, we, if we had enough people who would say, no, this is dumb, we're not going to debate this, you are an idiot, we are going to have our normal conversations, you are welcome if you want to elevate your IQ when you actually want to have a normal conversation, you're welcome to the conversation, but with your stupidity on trans uh, issue and so on and so forth, we're just not going to debate you. If we had enough people like that, we wouldn't be having this problem. But we have enough people in the in the United States to say, now this has to be an issue. This is very important. We must discuss this. Now we're all forced into a dumb subject. And it's manufactured. These kinds of conversations, the dumb conversations, these are manufactured to make you dumb. That's why I don't engage with dumb people. I just don't. My time is very important to me and I'm not going to engage with people who are absolutely stupid. Again, we've gotten off track, but this is the point of this entire episode series. The whole point of politodoxy is to discuss the ideas that most of us don't really think about. What makes us come to the conclusion that we come to? What makes us think about the things that we think about? The ideas that we formulate. Why do we formulate these ideas? And now we always go into the deeper roots and sometimes we get off track and discuss these things. Mass deportation, that's the only way. And I would like to also deport Ilan Omar to Gaza just for one day and tell them, by the way, that he that she married her brother. Let's see what happened. Just curious what would happen. Whatever happens, you know, happens. I mean, who's to say? Maybe, maybe everything would be fine. I actually mean it. I do think we should deport her for those who think, oh, you're just being hyperbolic. No, actually, I do think we should deport her to Gaza. And let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Out of curiosity. And also, now we have Kamala Harris, who is very concerned about Islamophobia and combating Islamophobia. So she is rolling out these new ideas about combating Islamophobia. I just have the question, Vice President Kamala Harris, if you are indeed the Vice President, how many Islamists have been killed in the United States, or stabbed, or attacked. How many of these Islamists, that's what they are. Now, they happen to be Islam, but they're also Islamists. They are pro this ideology of death. That's what it is, exactly what it is. So, how many of them have been killed by white supremacists? Ooh, scary, scary, very scary, the white supremacists. How many? How many, Kamala Harris? Well, we do know that Jews have been killed by these Islamists. We do know that there, some have been stabbed, especially in China, one person has been stabbed. But also in the West, a woman was killed, and certain other places. But how many, Kamala Harris? And as I recall, I think she said that it's disproportionate or something. I'll tell you what is disproportionate. Anti-Semitic attacks are disproportionate, Kamala Harris. That is disproportionate. Look up FBI statistics. 
It's not even close, Kamala Harris. But we have to take care of the Islamicists. We have to protect those who practice a sort of religion that calls for the killing of infidels and especially Jews. So, yeah, that's exactly what's going on here with Kamala Harris. But also, on the subject of Islamophobia, don't gaslight me. Don't insult my intelligence. What do you mean there is such a thing of Islamophobia? There's no such thing at this point in history. There's no such thing as Islamophobia. Phobia means that there is an irrational fear. That's what phobia is. Are you saying my fear of Islam is irrational because I see what these people do? How these people cheer for the rape and murder of innocent civilians? Am I really that unreasonable? Am I really that irrational to fear such a religion? Really? Is that really the case that you're trying to make here? Because that's exactly what's happening here. These people who are cheering these were normal people, so-called normal people, up until this point. They weren't attacking on a day-to-day -day basis Jews. I don't even know they're attacking Jews right now. Probably not. But they are still calling for the death of Jews. They're shouting, Kaiber, Kaiber, Yahud, which is a story, I think it's in the Quran, of... Muhammad killing a Jewish community in Arabia, which the name of which was Kaibet, and Yahud means Jew, meaning that we should kill all the Jews. Or they were shouting that there is only one solution, echoing the idea of a final solution. They're walking around with swastikas. I remember whenever there is a swastika in any University, everybody went, oh my goodness, this is so anti-Semitic, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Now, right, no, now it's okay, now it's fine, now it's excellent, now we encourage it, especially on the Ukrainian side with the neo-Nazis over there. Yeah, now it's good. For all those dumb asses out there who have been shouting, oh, the Republicans are pro-Nazi. Really? Are they really pro-Nazi? Really? Hmm. That's such absolute ignorance on a whole new level, that I'm not going to debate these idiots. These are absolute morons. Why am I going to spend time with people who do not get it and will never probably get it? This is absolutely amazing to see how the Democrats could get away with certain things, but Republicans can't. And, we, and Republicans need to get wise to it to start getting away with stuff. But anyway... Am I really that irrational? Is it really that unreasonable to think that these people are dangerous? No, you're not allowed to use pattern recognition. No, don't. Don't assault my intelligence when people in Paris, particularly Muslims or their sympathizers, are shouting, kill the Jews and their grandmother. We are Nazis and we're proud. Don't gaslight me. Oh, you're so irrational. So unreasonable. Oh, you're a Islamophobist. You are, you're, you're irrationally afraid of Islam. This absolute and complete utter stupidity. I just... Why can't we have normal people in this country? Why can't we have normal conversations? 
why can't we have a higher standard for what is considered intelligent discourse? Then we also have the other arguments. You just got to love these arguments. Well, the Jews, they are killing the Palestinians here. Those types of arguments. Well, what about the innocent civilians? Okay, first things first, that all these people who are talking about the innocent civilians, the Jews are killing innocent civilians. Where were you when the Lebanese, the Syrians, the Jordanians, they all killed innocent civilians just to kill them? They were all Palestinians. Where were you? You care so much for innocent Palestinian civilians. Where were you? Where were you when Hamas killed their own innocent civilians? With their own misfiring rockets. Where were you? Oh, but you don't understand. It's one racial group doing it against another racial group. That's basically all there is to it. When black people kill black people in Chicago, well, you know, it's not really that much a problem. It's also, it's almost not even a gun problem. They're not even going to talk about it that, except the statistics. That's when they bring it up. But either than that, well, we're not going to talk about this. No. But if a white person kills a black person, now everybody has to talk about it. If it's a black person killing a white person, well, this uh, talks to a bigger problem that we have here in the United States about racial issues. But when it is one racial group doing it against its own, well, there's not really that much of a problem. But when Israelis kill innocent civilians, although they did elect Hamas and they are cheering for Hamas, but, you know, we're still going to call them innocent civilians especially for the cameras, and Israelis are killing them as collateral damage, oh, now that's now everybody has to talk about it, but when is the Islamists doing it against their own, well, nobody cares. No, but literally nobody cares. You don't care about Palestinian deaths, you don't. You care about hating Jews. That's basically what it is. Now, not all. There are certain people on the right who, fall, who fell into this stupid trap. And it's a trap of their own making. You don't have to make this argument because I can't understand it. Some people on the right are making this argument because they don't want to send any money to Israel. And it's just a trap of their own making. You don't have to make this argument that you don't want to send money to Israel and couple it with that because that argument is a stupid argument. But it's not sending money to Israel. I'm making that argument. I don't want to send any money to Israel. But you don't have to couple it with that. You don't want to send money to Israel because Israel is not the 51st state of the United States. That's it. It's not America. It's not our business. That's it. That's all you need to say. That's all there is to it. You'd have to come in with all these weird other arguments. Don't couple it to other weaker arguments. You're only making your argument weaker by saying you don't want to send money to Israel because innocent civilians. You're only making your own argument weaker. It has nothing to do with that. It only has to do with let the Israelis do what they have to. It's not our freaking business. Also, now that I think about it, I think I should refer to my previous statement about that I wish that the same thing should happen to those who are parading for the rapes and murders. I think that should happen to those same people. I just want to, I, I know there's certain people out there who will just completely miss the point of that statement. They're like, oh, he really wants it to happen. He really wants rape to happen. Yes, because that is, that's exactly my point, right? You know? For the dumbasses out there with the low IQ people, and there are a lot of them, that's the problem. If there weren't that many of them, then I wouldn't really care. I just want to make it clear, I don't want rape should happen. I don't want this should happen. My point of that was that you guys are parading in the name of that, 
So you guys think, oh, it's not that much of a problem. It's okay when it happens. Okay, then I guess it should happen to you. The only way you understand how terrible this is, is that it happens to you. And the problem with those who are sympathizing with the other sympathizers, and you're not really condemning that, why are you condemning my statement? If you're offended by my statement, that only goes to show that you're only afraid when I say those words. Even though I don't really mean it, I, when I say it, that's the problem. When they say it, it's okay. That's basically what my statement was about. Proving that when certain people say some things, that's okay. When other people say those same things and it's used to expose the other side, oh no, now you're pouncing. Oh no, you can't do it. So that was the point of that. I just needed to clear that point, make sure that everybody understands because there are a lot of dumb people in the world. And we have Jews here in the United States. They're following all the laws. They're law-abiding. They're actually doing what they're supposed to. They've assimilated into the culture. They are part of the social fabric. And we have foreigners marching with foreign flags in support of terrorist organizations. And no, we can't, we can't attack their civil rights. They have freedom of speech. Democrats are always violating rules. Now we're discussing about doxing these people, exposing them as pro-terrorists, censoring some people. Why are we discussing these kinds of things? No, we shouldn't be talking about the censorship. No, we shouldn't be talking about doxing. There's this truck driving around doxing these people. This entire conversation on what about their civil rights? We wouldn't be having this, this discussion if these people weren't here. It's so obvious. Democrats violate rules or, or social norms that are not technically rules, but they are social rules that are not legally enforced anyway. They violate those. Then Republicans come along and say, okay, we need to bring in these kinds of new rules because you guys can't follow social norms. And then Republicans look like, oh, look at them. They are restricting civil rights. They're restricting these kinds of rights. No, you're violating. You're perverting social norms and rules all of the sort. And now Republicans have to be the look at them. They are so strict. No. No, you're the ones violating and perverting. So now Republicans have to reestablish order and just normalcy that now they are the strict ones. That's basically what's going on. So this is this entire conversation. Of, what about civil rights? What about freedom of speech? What, we can't dox these people. You're right. But we, we shouldn't be having this conversation if these people weren't here. Mass deportation. Answer. It's always the answer. All right. I'm going to end this episode right here. I thank you very much for listening. Please leave five stars. And the most important thing you could do is share. This is the most important thing you could do. Share this episode. And if you're listening on Spotify, you could also leave a comment. And again, share this episode. And I thank you very much for listening. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me at Aaron Politodoxy on Twitter or Aaron Friedman on Instagram. Or you can email me at politodoxy at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode, and remember, my fellow radicals, stay political.